Welcome to Flutter Spaces. The date is January 10th, 2024. Flutter Spaces is a place for Flutter developers to talk about any and all things Flutter. Sometimes we'll have topics like this week, sometimes we won't, but our goal is to invite conversations that involve the community, bring the community up on stage, get as many community members talking as possible. If you'd like to keep up with the show, see, listen to previous episodes and be aware of the next air date, check out flutterspaces.com. I'll be one of your hosts today. My name is Matt Carroll. I'm a former member of the Flutter team. I offer proprietary development services at superdeclarative.com. And I'm the chief of the Flutter Bounty Hunters, where we build open source Flutter and Dart packages professionally. We build infrastructure tools that save companies money. We allow them to pool their resources together to get lower prices on open source development. With me today is Ray Lee. Ray, would you like to introduce yourself for the audience? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ray Lee. Uh, I work, I build the NoCD app. So NoCD is a digital telehealth therapy service for people with OCD. And I also build Codelessly, a visual flutter uh, editor and uh, development uh, platform. Thanks, Ray. Happy to see you here. Today, the topic that I've brought before us is the opportunity to talk about products and services that are built with Flutter. Occasionally, products and services show up in our feeds and we hear about some company doing something with Flutter, but I think it might be nice to actually have a conversation about all of the companies and products we're aware of that use Flutter. One, I think it's helpful to see what Flutter is actually building, the value that it's actually delivering. Uh, and two, for those who happen to work on any of those products, if they happen to show up here, it's nice to hear about the challenges they face and how they solve them with Flutter. I also think to the extent that anyone from the Flutter team might pop in or might listen to this in the future, it's helpful for them to know how their UI toolkit is being used in production to deliver real value to real customers. As always, this is a community discussion. Really, I want as many of you to come up on stage as possible and talk about products and services either that you use that are built with Flutter or that you have worked on and delivered to customers built with Flutter. But I will, uh, I will get us started by mentioning that Superlist is a company whose product is built with Flutter. Uh, Superlist is a productivity app. It allows you to specify all sorts of tasks as well as write arbitrary documents, which may include tasks, things assigned and tagged to other people. It allows you to kind of have this loose coordination among people that might be in different organizations, different areas all over the world. You can assign across boundaries that you ordinarily wouldn't be able to. And uh, I can't remember if they currently go to all platforms. I, if they don't yet, I think they will. But they have a really strong Mac desktop presence as well as a web presence. And again, all of their UI is built with Flutter. They also happen to be the primary funder of Super Editor, which is the flagship Flutter Bounty Hunters package, which allows you to build any kind of custom document editing to, uh, document editor or document reader that you'd like using Flutter. So that's one example. I actually, every Wednesday I have a call with members of their team because we talk about what they need next from Super Editor. I just got done with that call before this one, and I invited them to come on in here and talk about Superlist, but it turns out it was the end of the day for all of them, so they were they were closing up shop. But that all you all 
offer Superlist as an example to, to start us off. With that, I do see we have two speakers on stage, and so I'd love to hear if either of you work on or use products built with Flutter. Let's start with Fahim, and then after Fahim, let's go to Cillian. You have the floor. Fahim, would you like to talk about any products or services built with Flutter? Looks like Fahim might have stepped away. So Cillian, let's jump over to you. Sorry, maybe I had people um, muted. If either of you tried to speak, go ahead and try again in case I caused the problem. Hello. Okay, Cillian, we can hear you. Hiya. Um, actually, I just wanted to, um, I, I might have to drop off pretty quick, but I just wanted to jump in there because I actually uh, work on the Superlist team. So I just wanted to add to your, um, to your um, intro there, Matt. So yeah, Super Editor has been a great tool for us. Um, and yeah, just to clear up, we have a uh, yeah, Mac app, a web app, Android, iOS. Um, I believe, um, yeah, we, we don't have actually like uh, built uh, Windows apps or Linux apps uh, yet, but we had them working at a certain point, but that's not sort of a, something that we have right now. Um, and yeah, um, I think um, Super Editor has been something great for us because obviously there was no, uh, there was no, um, text formatting um, available in Flutter. So it's been great to actually uh, be able to help push that forward uh, with yourself. So that's, that's, uh, that's really good. And uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know, was there anything else um, that, that you were asking or to be discussed or whatever? But... Yeah, I certainly don't want to force you to stay too long, but I do think a couple areas, if you have time to chat about them, would be interesting. The first one being, uh, how do you view the kind of value proposition of Superlist? What kinds of problems might it solve for people? And then beyond that, if you have time, uh, have you guys faced any interesting challenges by using Flutter for this purpose? Or similarly, uh, have it, has anything become way easier for you than you thought it would be because you guys used Flutter? Um, yeah, well, to start with the, to start in reverse there, uh, the second one, I think like, you know, it's the most obvious um, advantage of Flutter, but to have all your apps in a single code base, now, don't get me wrong, it does have its challenges as well in terms of uh, testing and when there is differences between the platforms and whether you're, you know, the way that you're differentiating them uh, from as in terms of your design. So like whether, you know, as you see in Flutter, you have, you know, your, your target platform or your host platform and they're, they're different and whether you want things to look differently on Mac web or you want it to look like a Mac OS app, there's all these kind of decisions you can make. But um, I think the, the biggest value add in terms of Flutter for Superlist being able to develop quickly um, or, or quicker uh, multiple applications uh, with single code base. So I really 
pulpit by uh, by a by a huge margin the, the biggest advantage of flutter also for us we're quite a ui or quite a a design focused uh application i would say so i think being it being like in full control of every pixel every animation like previously i was an android developer so you know doing things like animations where someone would design something and then you try and build it it can be incredibly hard at times to make things right but with flutter you really you're not limited in what you can do so if someone can design it um you can pretty much build it uh with flutter so that's fantastic um matt i'm really sorry but will you remind me what the first question was again yeah the first question was just what what use cases exist for Superlist? You know, what kind of people would it be useful for? What's the value proposition of the app itself? Yeah, okay. So I think, I think uh, the big problem that we see with, uh, say, productivity apps is like, there's there tends to be a a personal personal use case. So like, you know, a to do list or a things uh, would be would be in there, and they'd be really good for a single player use case. Uh, not necessarily so good for collaboration, not necessarily so good for note-taking or, or documents or, or sort of different things than just like to-dos with assignees and labels. Um, and then um, compare that to maybe the more enterprise or uh, uh, multiplayer apps. So, you know, your Asana, your Mondays and these bigger ones and Jira, for example. Um, People typically don't like using them. They're admin heavy, and um, but they are like you. You do need the features that they offer, right? So some organizations or enterprises need reporting, or they need um, Kanban or charts and all of this stuff, right? So the whole the whole value prop of Superlist is that you can have one tool which is well suited for a personal use case where you can do your personal stuff uh, you can then with the very same tool work with your various um, organizations say maybe you have like a your work org that you use to coordinate tasks or documents you can use you you can have your, your personal and that maybe you have uh, a couple of friends and you just uh, share things with those so you could you could kind of have the whole idea is that um, it's approachable to both the personal use case, but to also to the business use case. It's not. It, it should be. Making a combination of those. Um, yeah, and it's supposed to be, as I said, quite design focused, uh, easy to use, intuitive, and. Also, one of the one of the big things is just to de deliver a little bit of delight to the users, you know, in a way that these tools that I mentioned, the enterprise ones, they really don't deliver. People dread using them, actually. Um, so, yeah, that's the value prop. Thanks, Cillian. I definitely agree that uh, that Superlist is very design focused. In fact, if anybody is interested, goes to superlist.com. I think you'll find right starting from the marketing page, it feels like. Uh, a more design-oriented, human-oriented uh, kind of fanciful experience. So I encourage everyone to go check out Superlist if you think what Cillian described might be something that's useful to you. Uh, so thanks again, Cillian, for mentioning that, and I appreciate you dropping by. Fahim, uh, 
in case I was the one preventing you from speaking, uh, feel free to jump in if you'd like to talk about any Flutter products or services. Yeah, yeah hi, hi Matt, you can listen to me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, you had muted me actually. <laughs> most, most had... Yeah, so I, I have jumped over here that, uh, to tell you that, uh, tell the community that we are also building up a Flutter. Uh, I work here in, in a company in New Delhi in India. And basically, basically, an insurance tech company where we sell policies like health insurance and also warranties, extended warranties, like that. So, mainly we build B2B products which we hand over the clients, like backing clients, like they sell policies, or maybe we have uh, another app. Built hey, hey Fahim, could you do me a favor and try to speak a little bit closer or louder into the phone? I want to make sure everyone can hear you. Uh, Hello, you can see me? I can hear you, but, but you're very faint. I can barely hear you. Oh, barely hear you. Okay, okay. If you improves, please let me know. Um, it's a bit worse now, Fahim. So what might be happening is if you have a you know phone protector on or anything like that, you uh, check if your mic is being covered. And also, uh, most phones have you know multiple microphones. So uh, please make sure that none of those holes are being covered as well. Okay. 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 Let me check. Someone can take on, take on the screen and Okay, well, we'll let Fahim see if he can figure that out. Uh, but let me remind the audience, the number of people have shown up since we started the conversation. We'd love to have all of you come up on stage uh, and talk if you'd like. Today we're talking about any and all products that are built with Flutter, whether you have worked on one that's been shipped or worked for a company that uses Flutter or whether you use any products or services that are based around Flutter. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear what the product is, what it does, whether Flutter was a good fit or a bad fit and why. So please just hit that mic button if you'd like to come up on stage and talk about any such things. Uh, so we talked about uh, Superlist a moment ago. I'll also mention Clearful is another product that's built with Flutter. Clearful is a uh, journaling and, um, and mindfulness app. You can find them at clearful.com. This is another product that I'm aware of because they're one of the funding clients for Super Editor as well, much like Superlist. So as you can imagine, journaling tends to involve document editing as you write all your notes. Um, so has anyone used Clearful before? They, I think they recently, I saw that they reached some kind of top spot in the app, app store marketing. I can't remember what it was now uh, maybe, maybe like an app with a week type thing, but they did recently just reach that level of visibility, which I thought was really cool for a, you know, for a Flutter app from our community. Uh, Ray, are there any products or services you'd like to mention that you're aware of that are built with Flutter? Uh, so a note about that, uh, about Clearful, um, I also saw that they were uh, one of the app of, uh, an app highlight on uh, iOS, on the iOS app store. And uh, that's pretty uh, unique, I guess. It, it did stand out to me because I didn't know. I, I thought that Apple, uh, they only promoted, they only really featured, uh, they, they, they feature two types of apps. So they feature uh, native apps 
and they also feature apps from uh, a level or, or a tier one uh, partners. So they have a list of uh, 200 to 300 uh, rumored uh, tier one partners that um, they are in, they work in close collaboration with. Uh, so that was very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting about about that collaboration. I'd like to see a list of who those companies are. Uh, so uh, some of the companies on that list are, for example, uh, Duolingo, uh, Procreate, um, and uh, a few other, I think there's a few other ones, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Do you think uh, I mean, there's two to two, 300 of them. Do you think they have agencies on that list? So like there are certain dev agencies where whatever they build just automatically gets in the pipeline or is it all, do you think it's all product stuff? Um, I don't know the details on that. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Uh, but were, uh, were there any apps or services that you're aware of that are built with Flutter? Um, I'm aware of a few, uh, but uh, I, 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 oh, uh, I, I guess the one that I can somewhat uh, promote <laughs> by mentioning on here uh, is AppFlowy. Uh, so AppFlowy is a no an open source notion. Um, and what makes sense to me about AppFlowy is that notion is notion doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, and I, I did share a few posts about AppFlowy on my timeline as well because they published um, a Windows version of their app. And it was a stellar example of just how incredibly quickly Windows apps, uh, Windows Flutter apps can load. So like on Windows, we're you know used to uh, mostly Electron apps, right? So a lot of apps are Electron wrappers around uh, React, uh, around their you know uh, web version, their web apps. And those apps take, quite a bit of time to load. Um, and it was just incredibly refreshing to click on the app flowy editor and it just, the window just opens and everything just loads in less than a second, less than half a second. So it really showed me uh, just how incredibly powerful Flutter is and the immense challenges that Flutter has solved. And it really makes me wish for an OS that was, you know, built using Flutter because I just that that experience of being able able to open any app in less than you know a second um, and have everything just load instead of waiting for loading spinners or you know whatever you know web initialization is going on that was just magical. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe uh, maybe one day in the future. Ubuntu will make it in that direction. Uh, obviously, a lot of news was made when Ubuntu switched their was it I think their installer was was built with Flutter. Some aspect of either the OS or the package system was uh, was built with Flutter. Maybe one day they'll use Flutter for their overall windowing system. Who knows? Yeah, that would be really neat. Uh, one other thing I'd like to shout out. Uh, that's built in Flutter is uh, FVM. Uh, so FVM is Flutter Version Manager, and it's built by uh, Leo uh, Leo Ferris, uh, one of the contributors. Um, and 
it's an incredible example of a Flutter app, but it leverages the native platform uh, for Windows and Mac OS. It leverages the native platform UI. So it looks native uh, to Windows, and it also looks native to uh, Mac OS uh, because it respects, you know, it changes the UI um, and the, the window wrapper around it based on what platform it's on. Uh, and that that's just an incredible example of like a really, really, really like top tier, probably the most polished uh, desktop application I've seen. Well, you said it uses the standard OS UI. So is it actually built with Flutter or is it just written in Dart and it displays an actual Windows or actual uh, Mac OS UI? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it is written in Flutter, uh, but it leverages... Uh, the Mac uh, UI package to uh, render the Mac uh, a window interface. Uh, so like the a app bar, uh, the Mac you know uh, toolbar up top with the uh, the green, yellow, and red bubbles, uh, those buttons. Um, and then on Windows, I think they also use like a Windows UI package uh, to make it so where it has the MUI uh, um, or uh, that 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 like uh, transparency, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and the ripple effects too for Microsoft. Yeah, I haven't worked at all with the Windows package, but I am familiar with Mac OS UI. That's a package uh, created by Grooven Chips, uh, is is his handle on probably I think GitHub and uh, and X. So if anyone's interested in the Mac OS UI package. Go check out Grooven Chips, and you can talk to him about his work over there. Um, that yeah, that I'm glad that we have kind of a growing number of packages that reflect the way the the kind of native platforms look and feel, because I think that's kind of table stakes for the general adoption of Flutter. Uh, as a reminder to the audience, we're talking about all things built with Flutter, so we'd love for you to come up on stage and talk about either products you've shipped with Flutter, companies you work for that use Flutter, or products and services that you use that are built with Flutter. That's what we're talking about here today. Uh, if you don't want to come up on stage, you can also post comments down below. We'll, we'll try to keep an eye on those. We do have one comment that, uh, that lists a couple of apps that were built with Flutter by, I don't know if I pronounced this correctly, but Sabolsla. If you guys want to check out the comment section, you can see the two links provided there to those apps. So I mentioned uh, Clearful a moment ago as a journaling app built with Flutter. There's also another journaling app built with Flutter that you can find at reflection.app. So Flutter seems to be a pretty popular UI toolkit for building journaling apps. Uh, again, if anyone here happens to do any journaling with Flutter-based apps, We'd love to, uh, to hear your experience in that area. Uh, now, in just a moment, looks like iTunch is, uh, is on stage. Would you like to jump in? I want to talk about an app. It's not my app, uh, but I have seen it uh, in Twitter. Uh, they had a flood uh, lately talking about the success of that. 
and then I made uh, some investigation and I'm not sure this is not first-hand knowledge but I, I believe that uh, it is done with Flutter because the creators of that uh, are Flutter developers so 99% is Flutter and it's an AI chatbot app it's called Genie AI chatbot and you can look at it on the app stores and it has crazy amount of ratings and reviews actually in the app store right now I see it being a number 77 in productivity and they shared their story, their success story. And I guess my biggest take on their story was that they were, when this uh, chat GPT hype first started, maybe around a year ago, uh, it was a race uh, because it was something new, it was something interesting. And every, everyone could use the chat GPT's web interface, but uh, they didn't have a mobile app. Uh, official mobile app so I guess uh, different companies were trying to uh, supply this uh, in a mobile app and these guys uh, if I'm not mistaken a team of three people just very quickly uh, did two mobile apps uh, for both platforms one mobile app for both platforms using Flutter and they were one of the first uh, to ship the market and what one other uh, part which uh, differentiated them was uh, unlike the other competitors they didn't use the name gpt in their app name uh, they thought it would uh, maybe cause them some problems in terms of you know copyright or something like that and uh, this was a nice idea because uh, afterwards chat gpt contacted them and they told them that this was one of the reasons they contacted them uh, because they found it was polite to not use that name uh, and it grew crazy amount of it crazy amount of users uh, and this shows something to me this shows that flutter is a great choice if you want to ship something quickly uh, in multiple platforms uh, even if it is not multiple platforms still i believe uh, because of hot reload and some other uh, tools that they help uh, ship very quickly so uh, i want to talk about this it was an interesting plot if i can find it i will share it uh, i don't remember if it was in english or not but if i find it i will definitely share it uh, you can check it out it's G can you say the name again? I didn't quite hear the name the first time you said Genie. it. Genie. Uh, G-E-N-I-E. -E. Uh, AI chatbot. Genie. It, it has a green uh, icon with like a chat bubble with two dots in the middle. Uh, it has uh, a lot of ratings and high amount of rating also. Okay, sounds good, thanks. Yep. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. And, and everyone who's interested can go check out Genie, uh, see if it's something that might be useful to you, or if you just want to see, assuming it is built with Flutter, if you want to see an interesting Flutter UI, maybe see some of the challenges that they, uh, they solved. That'd be great. Okay, so opening things again for anyone who'd like to talk about any product or service built with Flutter. Uh, and while we're hopefully waiting for more of you to come up on stage, I will say that Itunch mentioned the idea that, so he, he talked about building for multiple platforms, but he also said that really Flutter can be the best option for a single platform. 
And, uh, and that brings me back to the early days when I joined the Flutter team. And the idea at that point, which I still think holds water today, is that Flutter shouldn't just be a useful portable UI toolkit, but Flutter should actually be the most convenient, quickest, most valuable development UI toolkit, even for a single platform. That Flutter should actually be better at building Android UIs than the Android app SDK. And it should be more convenient for building iOS UIs than the iOS application SDK. Obviously that's aspirational uh, and it, it changes over time as Android and iOS and Mac and Windows and Linux develop new tools within their own ecosystem. But I, that, that was the goal in the past. I hope that's still the goal moving forward into the future. And I, I think Flutter should try to be the most convenient UI toolkit even when just building for a single platform. So would anybody else like to come up on stage and discuss uh, any products or services built with Flutter? While we're waiting, uh, I will mention another app. Uh, they have, they're a client of mine, an app built with Flutter is Mezzi. Mezzi is a wealth management app it's an app that allows you to link a bunch of different investment accounts into a single application. You can kind of, you can view your whole portfolio aggregated across those accounts. You can view individual accounts, uh, and there are a number of premium features that allow you to try to optimize your returns. Maybe pick pick funds with lower fees that are similar, uh, or otherwise analyze stock movement and things like that. So Mezzi, again, is a wealth management app built with Flutter. Marco, you requested to speak. Happy to see you here again. What would you like to talk about? Hey, guys. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, there was an app that I created for, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Open Hearts Foundation. It was uh, funded by Jane Seymour, the actress. Was uh, in one of the uh, 007 movies back a, a while back. Um, I think it was Live and Let Die back in '73. Anyway, uh, her and her daughter created the Young Hearts Foundation, and they needed an application which I, I wrote completely in Flutter, which needed to put companies that are looking for volunteers. Volunteers are looking to volunteer for companies. So this is an application that I created for them uh, using completely Flutter. Now the same application needs to be able to handle the users and the company in the same app, not two separate apps for the administration, but the application, depending when you logged in and knew the rights that you had, if you were a, uh, a volunteer, you would go in, logged in, and notice it's a volunteer, with cards of companies that are looking for volunteers for, for events that are happening. You know those dating apps when you swipe to the left for no and right for yes? Well, it worked the same way. They wanted that same drag and drop, which Flutter is really good at doing that. And then if you had access, additional access, you could go to settings and go into administration panel where you as the company could create for people to volunteer. And it would schedule the days that they needed, when they needed it. I mean, it was very complex. It was a pretty big application. 
Uh, it's been only for their internal use. I don't know if they're, I'm kind of out of it now. I did my part. I don't know if they'll ever bring that to the public or what they'll do with it, but that was um, a real incredible project for me to work on. It was, it was actually fun. But their whole- And was that, Marco, was that exclusively mobile or exclusively desktop or, or all of the above? Uh, that one was exclusively mobile, iOS and Android. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So essentially, a match a matchmaking service for uh, for volunteers, <laughs> and and to uh, to kind of frame that work. What year did you start working on that app, so you can have a sense of where Flutter was at that time? Yeah, that was about my goodness, about three years ago now. So 2019, 2020 area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the web was still, you know, not the way it is today. It was not one of their requirements, but um, you know, the code is there. It could work because it uses um, Firebase, Firestore for the back end, Firebase authentication. So you could literally, you know, it was full cloud syncing. That was one of the items that they needed. Offline syncing. You know, Firebase can do that pretty well. So if you could, it can be definitely uh, converted to to run on the web, you know, modifications. Yeah, you got. I got to figure that Flutter has been one of the larger recruiting tools for Firebase because it's funny how many apps out there just kind of <laughs> default initially went to Firebase because Firebase had a you know, Flutter plugin. So I wonder how many Firebase accounts and users were created just by way of that being the easiest accessible option for Flutter apps. I, I agree. I think it must be huge. I personally am trying to go with uh, Superbase. I like Superbase. But they are missing one feature for mobile apps that you create, especially if you create the free tier and then a paid tier. They don't have anonymous authorization. Anonymous. Once they uh, get that, I think Superbase could be something good for these mobile apps. Three tier plus, you know, in-app purchases or recurring avenue per, you know, per month. So that's that's one thing that Superbase is missing as compared to Firebase. How would you describe the advantages of Superbase over Firebase currently? I like that Superbase is based on measuring how many gigabytes you use versus how many times you hit the API in Firebase and Firestore. Because as your app gets getting bigger, the number of hits and the number of API calls can get very large, depending on what you do. And the expenses can be very high on the Firebase end. On Superbase, the way it looks, I think it mitigates that. Okay, that that's one sense. of the main reasons I'm looking at Superbase, really. Yes. Okay, so a different, a different building model that would hopefully result in a lot lower uh, costs over time, and which is, I'm, I'm glad we bring that up here because as we talk about products and services, that's business oriented. And so hearing about the business benefits, definitely good. Uh, and just to make sure, are there any technical benefits there as well, or is it kind of the same technical offering, but with hopefully a better billing model? What I like better about Superbase is fully relational. It's not just an OSQL. So I can, you know, you're not limited to the way Firestore has their uh, queries right now. You know, I, I'm used to working with Microsoft SQL Server. 
I can do any query that I want, and I can get the data anywhere I want it, sort it anywhere I want it, group it anywhere I want it. And with Firebase, you know, there's some issues. They're working on that. Oh, the Superbase, what really interested me was the, uh, the full SQL aspect of it. Is, so is all of Superbase relational, or do they, or do they offer two options, relational and document-based? It's Postgres uh, database. That's what they're using on the back end. Okay, and that's that's fully relational. There's no fully relational. I don't believe. I don't think they have no SQL, but I am still learning the Superbase myself. I'm actually going to be using it for a project that I'm working on now. And the anonymous user is a little stumbling block, and uh, people have suggested a little alternatives until they do the uh, anonymous create random fake emails. Then once you get the anonymous, convert those to, you know, an anonymous message. You know, I hate doing those little hacks because a lot of times they bite you. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I guess you got to do whatever you got to do to ship the product at the end of the day. But exactly. As you figure that out, by all means, come back and let us know how it goes in a, in a future conversation. But yeah. I appreciate, appreciate you bringing up the uh, the volunteer matchmaking app, um, and I appreciate you coming up and chatting with us again. You've been you've been great to join us in a number of conversations. Now, feel free to stay around on stage, by the way, as we bring more people on. Because by all means, I'd love to have general conversations among all of us as more and more people discuss products and services. And Ray, I want to make sure I don't shut you out. Would you like to jump in uh, either on that topic or or any other discussion about products or services? Uh, yeah, thanks, Matt. And uh, thanks, Marco. Whenever anyone mentions Superbase, um, I always like to remind them that Superbase is still uh, very unstable. Um, it's not a product that I personally can trust with my business or anything that's essential or secure because they just came out a few years ago and they've had a lot of breaking changes and a lot of issues and a lot of downtime. So uh, just a reminder that compared with uh, something from Google or Amazon, uh, they are a lot more uh, beta in a beta stage than um, any of the you know established services we're used to. So that's you know an un a critical uh, part of uh, any super-based discussion that um, I think should definitely be mentioned. Uh, even though you know they have a lot of funding, so they do want to you know shut down any discussion of their. Uh, drawbacks, uh, but it is important to point out that uh, a new service, you know, that just came on the scene uh, isn't as reliable and you do have a lot of issues, um, even if those issues are uh, being somewhat actively suppressed. That's a fair warning. It's good for people to be aware of that. For reference, can you let us know the last time that you tried to use it or the, you know, the last time you looked into it and felt like there were signs that you couldn't trust it? Um, so I tried it about, I think, two years ago. Okay, so you tried it. So they've been around for about three years. You tried it one year into their lifespan? Uh, yes. Okay. So I think fair enough to say that, I mean, literally they've had two times that amount of time since then. So probably worth, it, you know, Certainly be cautious based on that experience, but it's probably worth reevaluating because maybe they've solved a lot of those problems by now. 
perhaps. Uh, I just, I just see a lot of. Uh, so, so one part I, I don't. So one part of the discussion around Superbase and Firebase is people are always looking for a reason to, uh, you know, essentially uh, attack Firebase, and it's I don't know where that comes from necessarily, um, but it. it the, the mindset that I see that happens a lot is uh, everyone has tried Firebase, everyone has found issues with Firebase, and the moment there's an alternative, uh, instantly something snaps in your head, and you're like, okay, I'm trusting this alternative instead, instead of Firebase, even though the alternative is new and doesn't have 10 years of development or history behind it. So that is perhaps a break in logic that I personally don't follow. And that something new is more trustworthy than something we're used to. Just because what we're used to has had quite a few issues. Yeah, there's certainly nothing about being new that would make something better or more useful or more trustworthy. And of course, when something is new, typically that team is going to solve either the shiniest problems or the simplest problems first. You don't necessarily realize what you've gotten into until you until you get down into the deep details of production implementation when you realize that the biggest problems were problems that you never even had to think about with the stable system. Uh, in that this new solution hasn't even begun to solve those yet. I mean, I think Marco's mention of, of an anonymous user is kind of in that territory. I mean, everyone's anonymous until they sign up. So it you know, that's kind of a weird limitation to run into, probably the result of that company, you know, focusing on, again, the, the problems that people like to talk about rather than literally the very first situation that you run into when a new user opens your app. Okay, uh, again, we're talking about Flutter products and services here today. We'd love to get more members of the audience up on the stage. Everyone here is welcome. You just gotta click the microphone button and we'll bring you up on stage. But we're talking about any app, any product, any service built with Flutter. We'd love to hear about what it does. If you worked on it, what were the challenges? What were the benefits? by all means, come up on stage and join the conversation. In the meantime, I'll mention one more product that is built with Flutter, or at least uh, makes partial use of Flutter, which is Invoice Ninja. Invoice Ninja is a system used to quickly create, and I assume send and receive invoices. Uh, now, those of you who kind of just work as an employee, that might not mean much to you, but for all of you who either run your own little company or you are a contract developer or you run a little development agency invoicing it, you got to do it every single month you got to write the invoices to your subcontractors you got to process invoice you got to process invoices from your subcontractors and you got to send invoices to your clients so invoice ninja is a tool to make that faster and easier and more dependable and at least part of invoice ninja is uh, is built with flutter and in fact invoice ninja has long made use of Super Editor 
in part of their system, again, to get that document editing uh, capability in Flutter. Ray, are there any other Flutter products or services you'd like to mention? Oh yeah, just uh, for something to add into our previous discussion, I just remember that Google Earth is has been converted to Flutter, and I went and checked again, and it is still Flutter, so that's really good news. <laughs> Google hasn't reverted it. Uh, and what's really interesting is uh, Google Earth, now when you load it, it has the familiar Flutter web loading page you know, of every single Flutter app that we're used to. So that's pretty cool. Which loading page is that? Yeah, but when you load it, it has the uh, familiar let me... Flutter web loading page. Oh, sorry. Uh, let me post it to uh, the thread, and uh, I'll share it in the tweet space. Do you just mean that circular progress indicator? Um, so every Flutter web app has a loading indicator um, or a loading page, or it's blank, right? Uh, because it takes a bit of time for Flutter to initialize. Uh, so this is what Google Earth has. Well, I'm certainly glad they didn't revert it. That'd be pretty embarrassing if they shipped a Flutter version and then announced a Flutter version, and then they... Uh... And then they reverted it back to whatever they were using before. Right. And how it relates to uh, some of the previous discussion is I just think about how how much better a lot of Google's products would be if they actually used a lot of their own products. Uh, for example, one really great example of this is I, I don't, I highly doubt, I, I think Google doesn't use Firebase a lot. <laughs> Firebase is like for the rest of us developers, because one thing I noticed when using Google Keep, uh, so Google Keep is Google's note-taking app. Um, it takes a long time for notes I type on one device to synchronize to another device. And that's just very, uh, very rookie. Because if you or I or any developer were to build a Flutter, uh, a Flutter, you know, note-taking app with Firebase, uh, we can synchronize the notes immediately across devices because Firebase supports that. But with Google Keep, Google's own, you know, note-taking app, uh, basic sync is an issue. <laughs> yeah, it's that's probably true for Firebase. I will say that in terms of Flutter, you know, Flutter is somewhat heavily used inside of Google, and I think it only grows over time. There's There at least was a small dedicated team connected to the Flutter org whose job it was to handle kind of all of the translation of requirements from internal Google Teams for Flutter. And the reason there's some translation there is because inside of Google, like they don't use GitHub or something like that. That Google has their own global mono repo. All Google code on earth exists in this one repo, the Google mono repo. And so there's, from a tooling perspective, there's all sorts of special stuff you have to do to be able to use something like Flutter internally within Google, which is true for every other toolkit and framework as well. You have to adapt it to that mono repo. Uh, so there was, at least was, probably still is a team that deals with all the tooling to make Flutter available to the rest of Google. Uh, 
And also requests often come in from other Google teams for what they need from Flutter and those regularly become the highest priority requests. Like those, you know, obviously Flutter is owned by Google. So when a Google team needs something from Flutter, that gets the priority. Uh, so I do think a lot of, there is a lot of internal Google usage of Flutter. I think it's expanding. I don't know that every app that Google makes with Flutter that uses Flutter, I don't know that they publicize all of it. So they kind of maybe pick and choose which ones make the news. But I am hopeful that Flutter will become more and more of a critical piece of all Flutter, or all Google apps, which, of course, further cements its, its future in the overall ecosystem. Now, we did have two people that asked to come on stage and talk. So first, I will give the floor to Turth, and then after that, uh, Balmik. So Turth, what would you like to talk about? Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, not sure if it has already been discussed or not, but Google Pay is also uh, written in Flutter. So I think they first rolled out the beta in India and Singapore. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to mention about Google Pay as well. Yeah, it's a good point. I actually almost mentioned that myself. That migration was started, and I think they even reached the first deployment of that migration um, when I was on the team. And I had to be in a lot of those meetings because with an app that size, they couldn't just all of a sudden make the whole thing flutter. They had to adopt flutter kind of one screen or one flow at a time. That development pattern is known as add to app. Initially, there was no way to, to add a Flutter screen to an existing Android app, for example. You could, there, were, there were assumptions made in the Android code that made that impossible. And so most of what I did over my two years on the Flutter team was to rewrite most of the Android embedding so that you could add a single Flutter screen or a single Flutter flow or a number of Flutter screens to an existing Android app. And one of the early kind of high scale customers of that work was Google Pay. So that's absolutely true. And uh, thanks for bringing that up. W Turth, were there any other uh, products or services you wanted to chat about? Uh, no, no, that's it. that's it. Okay. Well, thanks for coming up on stage and bringing that up. Again, I really, I love it when people in the audience come up and join the conversation. Ideally, everyone here would be coming up on stage and talking about various Flutter products and services. So if, uh, if you do have any in mind, please do come on stage and talk to us about it. And unfortunately, it looks like we lost our second speaker who I was going to go to next. So I think it was Bomic. If you just joined by mistake, that's fine. But otherwise, if you wanted to come up on stage and talk about a Flutter product or service, just hit that mic button again and we'll bring you up. Okay, so in terms of, so I'll mention another Flutter product is bringing fire. Bringing fire is a little bit uh, interesting in that it is, um, it's an app for kind of running your own tabletop games. I think kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons situation, but perhaps for any tabletop game. So that's built with Flutter as well. And that's, you can find them at bringingfire.com. Well, with that, Bombic, I see you rejoin the stage. Feel free to jump in and talk about any Flutter products or services. Yeah, so I actually uh, wanted to uh, like uh, talk about MongoDB Mobile SDK. So you mentioned Flutter, right? So 
sure we can we can jump on a little tangent what would you like to talk about uh so basically earlier uh like i used uh, realm uh, now it is named as mongodb mobile sdk so uh like uh like what uh like firebase is supported by google right so uh so what are the advantages of using firebase over mongodb mobile sdk Uh, so, well, I'll, I'll start off, but I'll then uh, let Ray and Marco and anybody else come in if they'd like to provide supplemental uh, descriptions to the answer. At the surface of it, I would point out that Firebase is an entire collection of, of server-side services, whereas MongoDB is a database. So Firebase includes authentication, it includes static file hosting, it includes, uh, you know, web functions, individual functions that run similar to Lambda for AWS. It includes a document-based database. I don't know if Mongo, I can't remember if Mongo is relational or document-based, but Firebase, of course, offers Firestore, which is a document-centric database. I think Firebase might also offer a relational database these days as well, but I don't remember. Firebase also offers uh, built-in analytics, as well as some kind of deep linking functionality. So all of that is a part of what we call Firebase, whereas I believe MongoDB is, is still just a database. Now, as far as the database itself, uh, Balmik, can you remind me, is MongoDB relational or is it document-based? Uh, it is document-based. Okay, so from a document-based, so essentially that's a Firestore versus MongoDB question. No, actually, in uh, terms MongoDB of also have a mobile SDK along with, uh, you know, like, uh, so basically, uh, like, Firebase offers this thing, like, you can make uh, backend for your mobile applications, right? Like, serverless thing. So that is offered by MongoDB also. So earlier it was known as Realm. Now it is renamed as MongoDB Mobile SDK. So to maybe I'm behind the times then to confirm, does MongoDB have an authentication service and a static file hosting service and an analytics service? Uh, I think so. Okay, then maybe I'm just too far too far behind to comment on that. Ray and Marco, have either of you used the semi-present version of MongoDB? Do you know how it compares to the overall Firebase offering? I have not used the MongoDB. I've looked into it. Um, I really use Firebase, Firestore um, for multiple applications that I have uh, written in Flutter and also in Vue.js and TypeScript. And I use the Firebase storage. Uh, I really don't use much of their extensions, um, probably because of uh, finances. So I, I write Node.js in the back end and write my own functions that I need. I called when I need to from the application. As far as MongoDB, I've looked at it, but uh, it was not a path for me. Okay. Ray, do you happen to have any experience on that front? Uh, I do not, but uh, it's great to meet you, uh, Balmik. Uh, thanks for coming up and sharing it, because uh, what you just prompted me to search up MongoDB and pub.dev, and there's some really interesting packages. There's also an ARM library. Uh, I don't even know this existed. So that's that's really cool. It's called Prisma Prisma ARM. Um, 
And yeah, there is a MongoDB driver. Yeah, it just actually, uh, when I was learning web dev, so it came up actually about two years back only. They launched uh, this project called Realm, and then after that, they expanded towards things. Oh, you're specifically talking about Realm. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, I haven't looked into it too much. I'm I'm a big fan of Firebase, and uh, it just it just works uh, well most of the time. Uh, but mostly, it solves a lot of business problems. One really interesting uh, connection I just made hearing this conversation is I think I realize now one of the reasons why Flutter pushes so hard towards enterprise. Um, and a lot of the marketing effort from the Flutter team is towards enterprise companies because the problem with Firebase, uh, so one thing if you work in Firebase and you use it for your company, is you quickly find that you seem to be the only person in the whole world who's trying to solve some of these Firebase problems or trying to use Firebase to solve a business use case. It seems like no one else in the world is running a business that uses Firebase. And it's it's such an incredibly odd feeling. It's like you run into these really common problems that you think there should be some resources or there should be some solutions, but it turns out there aren't. <laughs> and you have to build your own hack and workarounds. And one reason for that, like why larger companies uh, don't use Firebase is because uh, Firebase doesn't have an enterprise offering. So they don't have like a BAA agreement or um, they don't have, you know, SOC 2 compliance, et cetera. And uh, they don't have a support for reporting and analytics. So they don't plug into Tableau. Uh, they don't plug into the finance, financial reporting. Uh, they don't plug into Excel, et cetera. Um, Fivetran, uh, so they don't have um, too good of an ETL. Uh, so. Uh, so if you want to get data from Firebase into your uh, business slash enterprise level reporting software, um, you go through uh, Google, uh, you go through Google's uh, Google Cloud, um, and then you uh, put it into like BigQuery. Um, they do have some uh, some good support there, uh, but it's not like you don't find any resources on that. So you have to figure it out all yourself. Uh, so just that's really sure, interesting. Ray, yeah. just to make sure everyone followed that, can you uh, define BAA, SOC 2 compliance, and ETL? Uh, sure. So uh, starting with BAA, uh, what it stands for is a business associate agreement. So this is what a lot of companies with any type of data, sensitive data, um, they sign with their uh, data a provider or uh, sorry database uh, provider so uh, for example with superbase or with and uh, you know bringing up uh, that competitor and uh, with uh, any database hostings uh, provider you're using uh, you would usually sign a baa agreement to uh, comply with uh, certain regulations and these regulations come into effect once your company has like a certain number of employees, or if you're in a regulated industry, uh, for example, healthcare or finance or legal, et cetera, et cetera. So BAA is uh, generally, you have it 
whenever you're working with data um, and you have to have it for all your suppliers uh, throughout the entire pipeline to ensure your data integrity and cl comply with legal. Um, so that's the BAA. And then uh, SOC 2, that's specifically, I think, a security clearance for uh, certain healthcare and also financial uh, databases um, and data storage and software there where uh, they actually require like a security audit. Um, and what was the last one? Uh, ETL. Okay, ETL. Um, I always mess this up. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm going to actually Google it real, real quick, uh, acronym. What does ETL stand for? Um, okay. Extract, transform and load. Okay. So ETL stands for extract, transform and load. Um, and what this is, this is actually like a multi-billion dollar industry where you have, uh, something called like big data. Um, so big data is just like all the data that your business generates, uh, you know, metadata, uh, customer data. Uh, payment data, billing, et cetera. And it, it needs to be put into uh, somewhere. So essentially like a data lake usually is what they call it. So they put all the data into data lake and then they have a bunch of uh, data analysts go in and create data products and uh, data uh, consumables uh, from uh, that data via um, this whole data pipeline. So that's an entire industry. Uh, there's like seven segments in that industry, and each one like has different skill sets, different vendors, um, and um, businesses. You know, after they get to a certain size, uh, they have you know dedicated data scientists and data analysts to provide uh, all these reporting services and to serve these business needs, and also uh, because. You have uh, board requirements, you have uh, public and private reporting requirements uh, to create financial models, financial dash dashboards, etc. Uh, this becomes like something that is somewhat imperative. You have to have it. Um, and that drives a lot of uh, investment in this area. And Firebase doesn't really connect into this. Uh, so uh, I think that's why you do get to a point when you're if you're using firebase you miss out on uh you get to a point where you don't find solutions you don't find hey how do i use firebase and etl how do i get the data and put it into you know tableau etc uh, those questions aren't really answered and the parallel here and the insight that i just had is wait a second this really explains why Flutter is so focused on enterprise because maybe they learn from this lesson. They don't want to, you know, get shut out by uh, the top tier companies, right? Um, and that's why we see a lot of finance apps built using Flutter. Um, in fact, most of the apps that are mentioned are pretty much all finance apps, which is really, really interesting. I don't know the full reason for that, but maybe it's because uh, that's what's being really promoted by Flutter. Well, I will say that we've named probably about 10 apps here today, and only one of them was finance. And that finance one was a startup so far from enterprise. But I uh, but certainly like Betterment, for example, very large uh, finance company at this point, very popular, they're Flutter, and, and certainly they've been promoted quite a bit. So you're right about that. I appreciate you walking us through all those terms, though, because you know, we have 
people with a lot of different backgrounds here that some people are in enterprise and they know all the acronyms. Other people have never heard those before. So it's always helpful to hear a description of those kinds of concerns. Uh, we did have another speaker come up on stage. So I want to make sure we give him an opportunity to speak. That's Sabausla. Uh, would you like to talk about your Flutter products or any other Flutter products? Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Do you hear me very well? Yeah, we can hear you. Amazing. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me here on stage. It's an amazing opportunity for me to to let you know all the products that I've been building at my company. Right now, I'm working on a, on a software developer company here in Colombia, Latin America. Uh, it's called Tres Astronautas, in English, Three Astronauts. And I've been working for around two years with them. And I've been working basically on two apps. <laughs> That's it. The first one, it's called Harmony, and it's um, like a healthcare entertainment application. And what it does, it's basically you enter into the app and you will be able to find some content that is related to all that it's useful for, for sleeping, for meditation, for relaxation, and that kind of, of stuff. It also has some kind of interesting visuals. I would like you to check it out. and. The Flutter app, it's built for Android and iOS. The iOS application has also a watch application that I built just a few months ago. And it's completely built in Swift UI. I was thinking about building that one in Flutter, but I like Flutter is not ready for, for the watch OS. Like not even Swift UI is ready for watch OS. Like it's really complicated to do things in there. Well, anyways, maybe it's because I'm learning Swift time most of the time that I've worked is with Dart or Flutter. Um, well, F Harmony is completely based on Firebase. Like we use everything from Firestore, Fire Storage functions, authentication. We have Google, uh, every authentication. Well, it's not every, just Google, uh, Facebook, and email, Apple, login, that's it. And we also, one of the things, one of the main challenges that we have is that we had was the streaming because the application does tries to play some videos on on high resolution and so with what we ended up using is Vimeo for video streaming for adaptive video streaming it has been working right now very well for us in terms of pricing storage and also speed when it when it comes to playing the videos on the application and well I do have a lot of thoughts about Firebase and what do they do, how, what it does for us, and the future of it. But in general, I think that it's a very good start for any any software or enterprise like us, because we have like zero users right now. We're just ready to, like it's already on production. It's available on the uh, on the Android, on the iOS store. We also have platforms for, for the TV. Uh, there is also a web implementation. Uh, there is also a, there's going to be a projector that will be able to, you know, project the images on the wall. Uh, well, the Flutter application has also, well, it's also available for iPads. And, well, probably I'll be able to build it for Mac, but I haven't set up the project on Xcode, so for now it's just Android, iOS, and iPad. Um, what else do I have to say about it? Uh, well, that's pretty much it about Harmony and the other application that it's also in production already. It has, I don't know how many users, but it does has users. Every day they tell us about a new bug that the application has. So I have quickly have to go fix up the code and 
really blood production with. It's called Final Mile, and that has, that is the one that is for delivery. I don't know exactly what is who uses it because I'm not from from the country where it's actually being used. It's being used in the United States, and I'm from Colombia, so like I don't know exactly what is what the what the researchers are using it for. But what I understand is that yeah, they the application is to pick up loads on some locations in the United States. They can pick up the task and they can mark it as delivered. They can send information to through pictures. They can send comments. That information is going to be stored in a in a, in a database that they have. And this this application is for the Magaya Corporation. They own the database, so I'll have I have to connect with their REST API. Um, unfortunately, one of the things that I had to do with this application, well, that I didn't like after all was using the block pattern for the estate management. Like I received the, this final mod application when it was just one logging screen. And well, my manager told me, okay, we're going to use this architecture in Flutter and it's, we're going to use block. And hell, to be honest, I don't like it at all. I know that a lot of people here do like block and I see maybe the reasons why you would use it. But I just recently saw another tweet that says, uh, you like to use block, then you end up using Qubit, then you realize that Qubit is just another value notifier, then you can end up in creating your extensions from value notifiers, and then you realize that block already has this built in, and they end up using block, and I say, what is going on with this? But anyways, I don't like it. Um, uh, final mile? Did, did, uh, yeah, did you say that your manager dictated that? Yes, like, yeah, yeah. The, the application when, well, it's not what's the manager, it's, it was the technical leads to, to be, to use the correct term, <laughs> the technical lead. Okay. So, yeah, there's a big difference there. A technical lead, of course, is someone who still writes code and is involved with it. A, a manager typically is someone who just decides who works on what and make sure things get done on time. So if, you're, if your manager decided what your approach was gonna be and force blocks on you, uh, that would be a pretty crazy situation. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I apologize if I use any words uh, misleading. My my first language is not the English. I'm a native speaker in Spanish. So, well, that's about it that I have to say about the Flutter's applications that I've been working on. I, of course, have built many other applications uh, for me, for, for people that I know, for school, for work, or just personally. But, like, those are the most that I've been working on the most that have that are the most feature complete, that are the most performant, that that I've learned a lot about them. And well, that's it. Thank you so much for having me on the stage. If you have any questions, just let me know. Thanks, Sabalsla. I appreciate you coming up on, uh, on stage to talk about those two apps. And of course, it's always great to hear about, about other companies, other products that we weren't aware of that are built with Flutter. It means our ecosystem is bigger, is healthier, all those kinds of things. As a reminder to the audience, we are talking about any and all Flutter products and services. They could be products and services that you use or that you have actually built, or if some other area of a company that you work for happens to use Flutter, we'd love to hear about those products and services as well. Uh, Ray, let me check with you one more time. Were there any other Flutter products or services on your personal radar? Uh, not at this time. Okay, uh, I think Kurth has his hand up, so we can go to him next. Sure, Kurth, yeah, what's up? Well, yeah, I would like to mention about one more product, which is uh, built here in India, a uh, fintech product. 
so the company is called zeroda they are all number one and pretty much reputable uh, discount broker they last year they clocked 0.3 billion usd uh, post taxation and uh, they that their almost all products are now built with flutter uh, so they also have written uh, a blog on their website i have not read that uh, read that blog but there is a talk version as well of this so they have basically migrated from native to react native and currently all of the uh, all the apps they built are built with flutter uh, i am attaching the blog did so you, did you say they went from react native to flutter no native to react native to flutter okay did they mention along the way why they made each of those changes like did they say why they went from native to react native and then why they went from react native to flutter yeah i think they have mentioned that but i have not read the blog uh, i am a user of the app so uh, that's why i mentioned that uh, okay. so basically uh, yeah. when they were using uh, react native they were actually doing just uh, you know like uh, which uh, framework to use so at that time they weren't that huge uh, but ultimately when they had all the those traffic and resources then they used like flutter did they mention what kind of problems like typically a company won't it costs a lot of money to switch from one toolkit to another and so typically companies won't do that unless they have a really good business reason to do it Balmic, do you do you remember if they mentioned what kind of problems they ran into with React Native that led them to to pay to switch to Flutter? Uh, so basically, uh, in React Native, uh, you have the JavaScript engine attached to it, right? When you even when you go to production, you have uh, so uh, basically they have a finance app, right? So finance app uh, are already famous for you know like uh, like uh, like they due to their uh, you know like uh, like they need to maintain that data consistency right so uh, they are considered as already slow so all those performance issues that came up with react native like uh, they they switched to flutter and they also contributed towards like the open source uh, repository of flutter uh, like uh, there there were some existing issues on flutter also because when they started with flutter flutter wasn't uh, like this matured at that point of time so uh, so at that time they contributed into flutter and then they started using it. okay so it sounds like there was some kind of performance issue that was tied to the javascript runtime which i i think has certainly been a source of complaints about react native i think it hurts some apps it doesn't necessarily hurt others it kind of depends on what you're trying to do with the app but yeah in general you know we should all remember that when you add a an interpreted runtime on top of an existing code base typically it only makes things slower so that that's what will happen uh and i sorry we had there was going to be another speaker and i think he just dropped off so we lost him um so if you did just drop off but you wanted to speak please request to come back on stage and we'll give you the mic uh, also Continuing to extend the invite to anybody else in the audience. If you'd like to talk about any Flutter product or service, please just come up on stage and we'll give you the floor. I will mention uh, one more Flutter, a, a service that uses Flutter for part of their offering is a company called Ardly. Uh, I did, I worked for them for about a year. They're in the mortgage space, specifically dealing with uh, 
veterans mortgages and other federal mortgage programs. So they hardly has knowledge of who out there qualifies for certain federal mortgage programs. They then reach out and they send you to a form that might be attached to a certain mortgage program. You fill in your information and then it tells you how much they can save you by refinancing through that program. The form that you fill out, the web, essentially the website that you go to when you receive an email from Ardley is built with Flutter. Uh, and in fact, uh, Danielle Cox, who is one of the leaders among the Flutteristas, uh, I actually brought her onto that team. And I believe, I, I'm not sure, but I believe she might still be on that team to this day. Uh, so you may have heard about Ardley in that regard as well. But having said that, I'm going to try to pronounce this name a little better, and you correct me again. Uh, Chata? It's, it's very good, but it ends with Y, so Chatai. 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 Yes. Chatai. Right. Yes. How is my sound? Uh, does the mic work? Yep, sounds great, loud and clear. Okay, awesome. So uh, I'm going to talk about two apps that are my side projects, apart from the my daily job. So I'm not going to talk about my daily job. I'm Flutter developer there, but when I'm talking about side projects, I don't talk about my daily job because of legal reasons. Anyway, so two side projects is um, one of them is already published. You can already find also on uh, Play Store and App Store. It's called Sopu Academy. And uh, Sopu in Finnish means agreeing. So agreement kind of. Uh, it's a Finnish word. From, I'm from I live in Finland. So... Uh, SOPO is agreement, but win-win agreements, not like a one, one side gets the most best deal and the other gets the worst. So uh, what we are doing is it's a negotiation simulation platform. And um, so there are uh, scenarios there. And I modeled those scenarios. And there are some part like participants there's some um, uh, there there are confidential briefs that each participant has and then they start negotiating and uh, they make offers they reject offers in the end if they they can agree or they can agree to disagree then they give feedback to each other and then we have report and this is not done with ai and this is how we are different than other these negotiation things that you can you know do online and train yourself but what we are doing, for example, we had a very big event in Turkey, for example, with the um, Istanbul, uh, city of Istanbul, and also Finnish embassy. Um, there, um, there were like, a, I'm not sure, but uh, like 700 people, uh, 700 uh, like people were like, had this uh, kind of uh, to, um, education, negotiation education style. And uh, it was peer learning. So you have this app. You uh, there is one facilitator. The facilitator starts session, and you receive your role, and you are in a, a room like Zoom room, and then you discuss face to face with each other, and then in the end you can see your performance compared to others. So this is one app that is already um, published, and the second app is actually right now I'm coding. <laughs> and um, it's very fun to listen to you while coding Flutter. Um, the, that one is actually a Finnish language teaching app. 
it's called Finnish it. When you say it like a Finnish it, it sounds like shit, but it is Finnish it. I will put a space in between because I don't want to offend people. Anyway, um, I, I'm in Finland. It has been 12 years in Finland, but I don't speak Finnish, but I'm building an app that teaches Finnish. Uh, Finnish is very difficult language, but um, there are really nice uh, works from institutes and uh, in dictionary so that you can hack the language. So you can, I'm an engineer, so like I'm approaching when I'm learning things like mathematically. So uh, yeah, I modeled the conjugations and declensions and uh, I got some uh, like, uh, yeah, because I took some Finnish courses. I'm not able to speak well, but I understand how to learn the language and I'm now modeling this in a language. So uh, like modeling this in an app, letter app. Uh, hopefully next week I will start the beta and then let's see, I will announce it when it is uh, fully available. Thanks for mentioning both of those. Going back to your first app, you mentioned something like a Zoom room. Does that mean the first app includes video, like video conference streaming? Uh, actually, <laughs> so uh, let's put it this way. I can build this, but uh, we are not building the business. So we started the journey as a B2B app. So business to business. And um, we wanted to first validate the idea we have some we have had some agreements and business cases but we are still trying to uh, set up the business and make money and when we believe that this can work uh, we will invest invest more so in short currently we are using zoom but externally so people are joining a zoom room uh, sorry zoom meeting and then with the app we assign them the rooms and then man, uh, manually we can easily put the people in the rooms and as uh, again the their confidential uh, roles are distributed to the apps so this kind of um, making this facilitation faster got it and what led you to choose flutter as the ui toolkit for both of these apps yeah for both of these apps um I started Android development in 2013, and I started this Finnish language app in 2019 or something, 18 maybe, but it was only Android. And I know like I'm kind of a person who wants to build things apart from my daily job. I have so many ideas, and uh, I was always restricted by Android. And then I could either choose native learning native iOS development, React Native, or Flutter in 2020. And then I got a job offer from a Swedish company. They wanted me to build their Flutter app, although I had no Flutter knowledge. I was Android senior Android developer. And I accepted the job. It was well paid. And I learned Flutter in one or two months, maybe, maybe one month. I think it was, I was doing everything very close to Android style. And it was very easy to continue. So, yeah, uh, why I chose Flutter? Because yeah, there were options, but I'm an Android person and I know the Google ecosystem and Flutter also close to Google ecosystem. That was the reason. Well, so if you're already an Android developer with a lot of experience there and you're very comfortable, why not just use Android? Uh, because I always need the iOS. I mean, uh, <laughs> 
iOS peoples, you know, they they are they they are the people they spend money. Android, like many apps, go iOS because Apple brings more money. And I cannot have only Android uh, app, especially in Finland. Like many people are using here, iPhones. Right. Okay. So you went you went with Flutter because it gave you two platforms in, instead of one. Yeah, any platform actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely true about Apple iOS and the App Store. The vast majority of all money that is spent by consumers on apps and in-app purchases happens through the App Store. That has kind of always been true, and maybe it always will be. In fact, a friend of mine, he, uh, the, his buddy had an app exclusively for iOS in the App Store, doing well in the App Store. Um, but my buddy has a history in Android development, so he decided to port that app and make it available on the Play Store. And it's it's a paid app. It's a small price, but it's a paid app. And all of the comments on the Play Store were people giving it one-star reviews, complaining that it wasn't free. So that's just a little anecdote for everyone about <laughs> the difference between uh, providing something of value for money on the on the App Store versus on the Play Store. Uh, so thank you, Chatai. Yeah, just I can time. add a few more things, but I don't. Well, I want to give space for others, but I can come back later if you want, or I can just talk right now. Let's go to Ryasat and mm-hmm. see what he has to say. And then after that, by all means, jump back in. Sure. Hey, Katai, uh, while we're doing that, uh, can you post the link to your app so I can share it sure. in the tweet box? Thank you. Great. And with that, Ryasat, would you like to talk about any Flutter products or services? Uh, sure, uh, Ray. Uh, how are you doing? We're doing great. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, I wanted to join uh, when you started, but I guess I was, I'm late. I was doing something else. So uh, I want to, uh, I guess, uh, talk about uh, four apps or maybe five. And two of them are mine and uh, others are not. So uh, I believe I talked about my apps uh, before here. So I'll keep it brief. So uh, one is called Goalipost. And I just posted the uh, link in the chat box. So what we do here is uh, we define which is which starting goalie is going to be in tonight's game for NHL. And uh, a lot of people use it. They find it very useful. And um, we also have various staffs of the goalies and players and uh, schedules. What are the back-to-back games and like which team will play at what time. So stuff like that. And um, right now, uh, all the users who are, who are using it are really happy with it, except uh, they only have one uh, requ- feature request. That is, uh, they want push notification of the goalies that are going to like play. So that's something that uh, we're working on right now. And the other app is very similar in style. Uh, it's called Dobonomics. So what it does is um, it's basically a fantasy game based on NHL again, and it has some economical uh, economics twist to it. Uh, both of these apps are available on iOS and Android. Maybe we'll be making some uh, versions for Windows later too. And I want to talk about a little why I chose Flutter. 
So when when I started this project, uh, my employer was like, I do not have a very huge budget and you have to uh, create these type of things in a very short amount of time. The team is small. So that's the reason I chose Flutter and it worked out really, really well. Uh, one thing I would like to mention is that when I started uh, this project, I had zero idea about Dart. I had uh, zero idea about Flutter. I ne I've never written Dart before. I've ne never like um, published any Flutter app before. And I actually started the apps using GetX. I know a lot of people will be like, why? So uh, my reasoning was because since I didn't know better, it felt like GetX provided everything. And that's the reason I started with it. And nowadays I, I see a lot of people like uh, up in arms about GetX, GetX is bad, GetX is this and that. But from my experience, it wasn't that bad. It was quite good. If you knew what it is doing, how it expects uh, you to write code in its own way. And the documentation is bad, is it still bad? So you often have to like dive into the code base and see what is actually doing. And in that case, like I would say, even till this date, now the apps have, have been like rewritten to uh, Riverpod. It's using code router. Some of the things that I used to do really easily in GetX are a lot more complicated in GoRouter and Riverpod. But I guess the code quality is better now in compared to GetX. But at the like when you are just starting, uh, GetX can provide uh, really like what can I say? Uh, it, it can save a lot of time. So that's my feeling about GetX. But I don't use it anymore because of the lack of documentation. So anyways, uh, these two apps, like uh, we work on this all the time and we are also working on a third app right now that's also based on NHL. And now I want to talk about three apps that are not mine. So uh, Ray, you might remember that I'm from Bangladesh. So uh, in Bangladesh, uh, FinTech is really huge. Like uh, mobile, mobile FinTech, people are using mobile apps to uh, send money, receive money, make payments, make bill payments, make credit card payments, even send remittance, everything. These apps are huge. Everybody are everybody is like using it. So one of the biggest one is called Bikash. And the second one is Nogod. So both of these apps are actually coded in Flutter. And they're like doing yearly transactions nearly a billion dollars. Uh, like I, 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 I don't remember the exact uh, hit, uh, the user count of for Bikash is something like 700 million. So something like 700 million people are using Bikash app every day and is built using Flutter, uh, though they do not advertise it. Uh, is apparent from if you look into which people are working in Bikash and what technologies they used in there, you'll see that they write in their LinkedIn that yeah, yes, they write the Bikash app using Flutter, but they don't actually publish it. So uh, these are two apps and there's another uh, Bikash, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Flutter app uh, recently uh, developed by a company. It's called Shapla Tech. So it's kind of like 
TurboTax, you guys are probably more familiar with that one, like a tax filing software, but it's designed for Bangladesh. It's a very nice app. I actually tried it out. It works pretty nicely. So I think uh, Flutter is really going up, like a lot of uh, big companies are using it here and they're deploying to all the platforms. So uh, really uh, hopeful about Flutter's future. Uh, that's it for me, if anybody has any questions. Thanks, Ryasat. Uh, I'll just sync real quick with the audience and then Shatai, if you wanna jump in either based on what Ryasat was discussing with those apps or, or what you were talking about earlier, feel free. I will say, given the time, we'll probably start the path towards winding things down. So if you're in the audience and you do want to talk about any Flutter products or services, now's the kind of last chance to come up on stage. Also, if you have any other Flutter comments you want to make before we close things up, again, come up on stage and we'll give you a chance to talk before we wind things down. But with that, Chatai, did you want to follow up Ryasat with either his topics or what you're talking about before? Yeah, um, I want to say that I'm more like a Firebase person for my uh, site projects because it's very easy to jump in. And uh, I like Firebase authentication. Um, I don't use Firebase UI elements at all because I don't want to fully um, depend my project to Firebase because like uh, when you use Firebase in UIs, you, it's, it's everywhere. What I'm doing is in the end, uh, keeping the Firebase communication in the lowest part in the architecture so that it can easily be replaced with AWS or something else. Um, so authentication is really helpful and straightforward. Um, I'm using a Firebase Cloud Firestore that is that has been helping me a lot. I like it. Uh, yeah, well, you are duplicating sometimes data, but this is how uh, cloud-based uh, databases work. And um, I have never had huge users for my site project. Hopefully, I will have. I will have. <laughs> Um, in the future. Uh, let's see if Firebase will scale for that time. But what, what makes Firebase really good for me that it's free when I'm experimenting, when I'm uh, working on MVP, and I can easily distribute it with, the, with my friends. Um, what I'm going to experiment with my this current Finnish project is that Finnish language project is I'm going to uh, connect with OpenAI and um, so each verb or noun has some kind of like verb has conjugations. And for one verb, you can have 80 or 90. I'm not sure, but there's so many combinations that you can uh, uh, study. And for each kind of combination, I want to have one simple uh, example, one difficult example, and also uh, some translations for that language. Uh, so for that, I'm going to use OpenAI. I want to have uh, more structured and creative. And uh, I think when you use translations like from OpenAI, it's not, it's like a copyright. There's no copyright. So yeah, this is. But what I'm going to do with OpenAI, I'm not going to directly uh, communicate with for with the API key in my app. There, are, I found out that there are some services that provides you uh, like a communication channel, like a middle layer in the middle layer, like proxy, like yeah, proxy is the better word. So you use their, I think Google has this kind of product, this product, I need to check the name, 
So these are for creating proxies to OpenAI. You don't have to keep the, I think, API key in your app. And um, they all handle the throttling uh, load and, uh, you know, uh, this kind of uh, optimizations for you. Yeah, I just wanted to give these details. Yeah, thanks for the insights. And I think, you know, we'll all look forward to hear about the progress of that app. And uh, also, it'll be interesting to see if, if you end up accumulating a number of users who are able to learn a new language. Maybe you'll give uh, Duolingo a, a run for their money. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, one, one more thing that I want to talk about the side projects is that, uh, like, it really needs to be niche because I cannot compete with these uh, big companies. Like, I'm working on my free times if they make money, even still for that. Like, uh, if it is not a niche area, it is hard to do your marketing. So you can have a really great app if it is not visible in the Play Store or people will, doesn't know about it people don't know about it, then your app will not be used. So I'm trying to find niche areas. Uh, for example, negotiation skills uh, is one niche area. Finnish, only five me people in the world is speaking Finnish. So I can easily you know, use some channels to com communicate with expats in Finland. So they won't bring me much money because there are not many people learning Finland, uh, Finnish. Yeah, but I will have this experience. Maybe I can, if things go well, I can maybe continue with Sweden, Swedish or Japanese or something. Yeah, anyway, uh, this was one thing I wanted to say. That was another thing, but I just forgot. Yeah, paywall. I want to talk about paywalls as well. So like, I'm, it's going to be a subscription-based model, but I'm, I'm currently trying either RevenueKit or Adapti to build it with Flutter to build a paywall. Well, definitely yeah. keep us informed as the, pro as the process continues. Come back and, and talk to us in future spaces. And also, uh, when you have successes, consider putting up some blog posts that we can all share. Sure, sure. And also, I will share in the uh, Twitter the Google product that does this proxy for OpenAI. Great. Yeah, sounds good. OK, we did have one other speaker come up in that time. Precious, would you like to discuss any uh, Flutter products or services or other Flutter topics? Okay, good evening. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so um, it's nice to be in the Flutter space, and I would I prefer to talk on my side project because the other ones are the ones I know about are startups, and I don't want to you know diverge people's idea that I know. About. So for my own project, I a while ago I I was learning a uh, machine um, machine learning and the whole uh, artificial intelligence thing so i came across a database or a data set of um they gave some parameters to predict um if the user is going to the possibility thing was the possibility of the user having a heart problem or not so it was a hackathon that i i participated in so i did that then along the way I now picked up learning Flutter. So I, I tried to add one and two together. I'm like, you know, why can't I, you know, put that at the back end and, you know, use Flutter as my front end for, to, to develop an app. So I now, I trained the model. Then I was now looking for the, uh, if Flutter had a, a package that helped me, you know, integrate it. So I now found the 
I think what they call it, uh, I think it's an ML kit, um, TensorFlow Lite, so that I could deploy the TensorFlow model on on device for my Flutter app to consume. So I saw their documentation, I played around with it, and you know, I had uh, my first uh, kind of integrating it and it will, but then I, what, what is holding me back from kind of putting it out there is one, I'd like to, I'm not too sure about the, uh, what do you, since it's kind of in the health space, I'm not too sure about it like for credibility and also maybe to put instead of to, I would prefer to have like machine learning expert give me like maybe a proper one so that I, I won't really know if the model is, you know, working properly as it should, but I would prefer someone in the machine learning space to give me a, like an actual, like how is it performing, but it, it, it works. And then the next issue I would have, since I'm also like in, a, in the beginning phase of my Flutter journey, I'd like to know if a Flutter app is done for free, like if a Flutter app is put out there as a free to use, can it later be translated? Can it later be changed to a paid? And or how is or uh, this also for my friends that are doing like a startup? What is the monetization strategy when you want to let me say put your Flutter apps out there? So that's another talking point I would like to hear, and uh, maybe also some other Flutter tips and tricks from our senior developers in the room. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for mentioning that. Uh, so we're hearing about uh, a medical app that can help you identify possible heart problems. Well, I'll come back to that in just a second. I noticed that Hillel uh, is in the is in the room. I just wanted to call that out because I mentioned Invoice Ninja earlier, which Hillel created. Hillel, if you'd like to talk at all about Invoice Ninja while you're here, feel free to come up on stage. If not, no problem, but just wanted to extend that invitation. Uh, now, Precious, uh, back to your app related to you know, your medical app. Uh, certainly in the U.S., you'd have to be very careful with that. You'd probably fall under HIPAA regulations, which is a set of practices and requirements for where and how you store and transmit medical information. There are uh, server providers that actually specialize in HIPAA compliance, and they're, of course, going to be more expensive than non-HIPAA compliant servers and data warehouses. In terms of the correctness of the heuristic, I think probably what most, I mean, first of all, I think typically relatively large and well-funded organizations are the ones that try to work on problems like this. But I think also what they probably would do is they partner with one or more um, medical agencies or laboratories or uh, organizations that exist for the purpose of aggregating medical data and evaluating results. And it's not only is that important because they know how to do it, it's important because when you make medical claims, those claims need to be seen as objective. That's why we have all sorts of, of protocols in the pharmaceutical industry for figuring out whether or not drugs are effective. For example, double-blind trials that has certain details about who's allowed to access what information, who's receiving which pills, there's a control group, there's your active group, et cetera. So I, you know, before you look into any kind of monetization, I would personally fully focus on the medical side of things, 
How can you make sure that you don't violate any laws? How do you make sure you get objective verifications of the results? And how do you make sure that you don't inadvertently hurt anybody? Because of course, if even one person were to, let's say, die as a result of making decisions based on your app, you might be sued for all the money you've ever made. So do be careful with that. But um, as you make progress, come on back here and let us know what you did and how it worked out and, and where you go from here. So with that, uh, Hillel did come up on stage. So Hillel, let me give you the floor and feel free to talk about one Invoice Ninja and two, any other Flutter product or service that you'd like to talk about. Uh, thanks, Matt. Hey, everyone. Uh, my first talk is Twitter space. Very exciting. Um, so I don't have a larger context, but I can share a bit about Invoice Ninja and our experience with it. Uh, yeah, Flutter's been amazing for us. We've been with it for about five years now, quite a while. Uh, we were about to start with React Native. We actually had, first I'll take a step back. We're a tiny company. We're just really just th three partners. Um, and we had a web app and an Android app and an iOS app. And our mobile apps just weren't well received. So we were looking at React Native and about to, to get started building a React Native app. And just then was when the Flutter beta was announced. Uh, so it's just perfect timing. Um, my partner wasn't as convinced that we should jump onto it just yet because it was pretty early and unproven. So we actually switched roles, whereas he built the mobile apps and I built the web app, we switched and I became the mobile developer and he became the web developer. Uh, and it's been a, quite a journey since then. Uh, I'll highlight some key points. Uh, we built, using the, built the app using the Redux state management approach, just because back then that was pretty much the only uh, pattern recommended for an, any type of larger architecture. Nothing else existed. I think it was that or scoped model. And I still remember when Block came out and they, um, they gave a talk at the Google I.O. And it kind of gave the impression that block, block was the recommended choice. And I felt like I was missing out. Um, but what I found is no matter what you choose, as long as you're consistent and you write as good code as you can, you can be successful. Um, you know, be it Redux, uh, Provider, Riverpod, doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, it's been a journey. I will share that initially our plan was to use Flutter across all platforms. We were hoping to use it for web, mobile, and desktop. Um, and that didn't work out. That's kind of a whole other topic. I, at a high level, I'll just say it, it was kind of half I would blame on Flutter and half I'd blame on ourselves. Uh, at a high level, the biggest problem we had was new customers who had never used our previous app were pretty happy with our Flutter web app. But customers who had come from our initial web app when they were switching from a native HTML, CSS, JavaScript app to a Flutter web app, I think they were kind of put off. They felt, you know, it's, it's kind of uncanny valley. Uh, it wasn't quite right. Um, also, I mean, a big part of this Flutter web has matured so much in these past few years uh, that we kind of moved off over from Flutter web to React about two years ago. And back then, Flutter web really isn't what it is now. I think if we were at today's level, we may not have made that choice. Uh, but we were kind of, I think, forced into it. And we were just concerned. We were trying to migrate our customers from our old app to our new app. Uh, and the shock of going to Flutter Web was turning off a lot of customers. Um, so by having, we think by having React for web and Flutter for mobile and desktop gives us best in class across all platforms. And has worked out really well. And we still use Flutter Web just as a demo for our desktop app. But kind of everyone gets a bit of something. Most people we find on web will use obviously the React app and then they'll use the Flutter app on mobile. Uh, that said, our Flutter desktop app has the best reviews across of all of our apps, uh, which I find pretty interesting. That, but and uh, you know the the app store say one thing, but also customer feedback says something else. From customer feedback, we've gotten a lot of negative feedback uh, for things like localization. 
uh, password login just started working a few months ago, or maybe maybe a year ago now. But for a long time, the password login feature didn't work, which really frustrated a lot of users of the app. Um, so that's it. I, but it's been great. I mean, we're super thrilled with Flutter. It's been amazing for us, uh, especially as a small company. You know, it's just me writing the, all the Flutter code. So as a single developer, being able to deploy apps to Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, iOS is amazing. Uh, and really cool, and the fact and, and be able to fix bugs and to fix wants across all platforms has been, has been incredible. Um, and then I'll very quickly mention another, another project I'm working on. It's called Mudeo. This is more kind of a hobby project, and it's a, a multi-track video recording app, uh, which has been a lot of fun to work on. But the big challenge has been issues with audio latency. Uh, so with music on multiple tracks, it's really important that they sync up exactly. I mean, milliseconds matter. Uh, and with the mobile devices, it's not really powerful enough that when you're recording one video and then playing another one or multiple videos, there's just some amount of latency introduced. Uh, and my hope is at some point I'll be able to port this to a desktop app where I think latency will be less of an issue. And that's it. But we love Flutter. It's been great. And we love the community. The Flutter community, I think, is one of the best aspects of Flutter. I came from a different technology for this, and I found the community really negative and frustrating. Uh, and so the switch to Flutter was amazing. It just kind of seems like a whole different planet. Thanks, Hillel. Your mention of the, the I think it's a video and audio multi-track recording piqued my interest uh, because I wrote a package called FFmpeg CLI, which is a way to compose FFmpeg uh, commands using Dart. And then I also wrote Cutting Room on top of it, which allows you to essentially declaratively edit videos it's kind of like imagine building a widget tree that determines which slices of which videos get placed where and i'm curious if there might be some some shared middle ground here between the two of us maybe we can build out some of the kind of open source video and audio tooling for flutter depending on on how deep you're actually getting into the video and audio encoding so that sounds, that sounds awesome. I'll just share the app. There's a Flutter web version. It's called Mudeo, the app for music videos, M-U-D-E-O. If you go to mudeo.app, you can try out the, the Flutter web version. We actually use FFmpeg. What I do is it's a multi-track video editor, but on the mobile devices, we can use FFmpeg to, to essentially bounce down the tracks. So you start off with multiple separate video tracks. We use FFmpeg to combine them into like a row, a column, or a grid which is really cool. And once you combine it, there's no latency because then you have a single video track. The challenge is after you create the second recording, you have to line up that one in the first recording. What I do in the app is I, I use, I have to improve this, but basically uh, like an audio map, right? We can see a, a diagram of the audio waveform and then you can drag them essentially into alignment. So if you're serious about it, you would clap your hands to start the first track. That gives you kind of a click track. And then for second videos, if you clap along, you're gonna line up those clap those claps based on the, the volume spikes that you see in the audio waveform. That said, I'm sure this can be improved. Uh, and yeah, Matt, I'll definitely check out uh, the package you're, you're writing. I'll also mention to go back to Invoice Ninja quickly. We're using Super Editor heavily in Invoice Ninja, and it's been a tremendous asset to us. Uh, can and there's nothing else like it. I've looked at other there are other rich text editors, but none of them are suitable for us for different reasons. Um, in particular, we want to go to, from, from the rich text format to Markdown and, to, and also to HTML. And we can do that with Super Editor. Uh, and also just it works really well. It does exactly what we need it to do. Um, so thank you, Matt. Thank you for your efforts on that pro pro uh, the project. It's amazing and really useful to us.
Yeah, for sure. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad it's still serving your use cases. And yeah, the comparison with other stuff in the ecosystem, for the most part, other things like you can find certain editors on PubDev, but Super Editor has always aimed to be a document editing toolkit. So the way that Flutter is a UI toolkit, it gives you these basic building blocks for any UI. We're trying to give people the building blocks to create any document editor, whether you're creating an invoice system or a productivity app or a journaling app or a Google Docs clone. We want to provide the, the primitives to do all those things. And of course, that's a very, very big problem space. So it's a bit aspirational, but that is what we're trying to do. And I'm, I'm glad it, it has worked out uh, in your case. And also, again, yeah, I look forward to, um, to hearing what you think when you go check out the FFmpeg CLI and Cutting Room projects. Uh, also say, I'm, uh, if that looks in the direction that you're interested in, I'd even love to add UI, uh, you, you know, I guess app UIs that allow you to then perhaps compose the Cutting Room or FFmpeg commands. So if there's any way that that can help you out, maybe you can move your FFmpeg control into Dartland, which you are probably more comfortable with anyways. Love to figure that out. So I appreciate you coming up on stage and talking about Invoice Ninja and Mudeo. Again, M-U-D-E-O dot app. Everyone should go check that out and, and see if it might offer something that, that you need in your life. With that, uh, I do want to kind of do one final round here before we close things out. So first, let me go through everybody currently on stage to see if there's any final remarks. But this is also the final call to those in the audience. If you want to come up on stage and make a comment, now's the time. Hit the mic button. We'll do one final round and we'll wrap things up. Um, so Hillel, since you're still on stage, let me give you one last chance. Is there any final remarks you'd like to make before we start closing up shop? Uh, I guess one thing I'll say quickly is both those apps mentioned are available on GitHub. Um, Invoice Ninja is the source code's available. It's not literally, it's not open source because of the license we use, but the code's all there. If you're curious to see how we built this very large Redux app. Um, Mudeo is also the code's available. It's also built with Redux. I kind of just copied the same architecture across both apps. Um, that's it. Thanks for the time to speak. Thanks, Hillel. Marco, any final comments from you? Well, there was, I don't know if we spoke about uh, Philip uh, Erchak. He's making a giant robot game. That's in Dart he's been using. Right. Well, I think, isn't it, isn't it Flutter? Or is it just Dart? Yeah, Flutter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. has a, Philip has a YouTube channel where he occasionally posts videos about the progress on that game. Yeah, he actually has a list right now on Steam. And uh, he doesn't have a release date, but it's looking really good. He released another video today showing the update to the game. Looking pretty good for our Flutter again. Yeah, for sure. It's in fact, there's a lot of a lot of gaming content coming out these days that's that's looking pretty good. I've always I've I'm always a little worried about the gaming side because I think it's a little easy to get stuck in the world of gaming and this might be hard to come back. But there's definitely been a lot of interesting gaming content. The Flutter team has also promoted a lot of gaming stuff. I think the Flutter team just announced a new kind of Flutter team challenge that is related to create, I think they called building a sustainable game. I'm not sure what was so uh, resource intensive about gaming that it had to be sustainable, but there's some kind of challenge with that title that's going on right now. So there's a big burgeoning industry around Flutter gaming. Yeah, yeah there is. And just one more <laughs> thing, just, uh, hey, hello, how you doing? 
Hey, good to see you. There's so many people on this space. I'd love to say hi to you, but uh, <laughs> another time, I think. Nice to see all your faces or profile pictures. Uh, and I haven't been to a conference in forever. I'm hoping this year to make it to one to see more people in person. It's been too long. All right, Precious, uh, do you have any final comments before we close things up? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm just listening. Okay, sounds good. Uh, to my co-host, Ray, would you like to close out with uh, reminding everyone what you work on? Uh, there's some items on the table I want to uh, get to first. Sure. So, uh, Hillel, if you want, uh, hi, uh, if you want to uh, share a tweet with the links to your app, um, I'll go ahead and attach it to the, uh, put it in the tweet box. Um, and that way people who visit this uh, space down the line can actually find the links. And also, uh, David Dales, who's been listening for quite a while, uh, shared um, his product as well. Um, he made an app called uh, Echo, uh, I believe, uh, Echo, Echo Prof. Um, it's a speech um, and language learning app, uh, a flashcard app for learning languages with Flutter. Um, if you want to come up on stage, David, uh, you know, you're always welcome to. Everyone's welcome to come on, on stage. But we are closing things out a bit. But um, I think we can make a bit of time for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's in the tweet box. It uses speech recognition. And I did download it because I've actually uh, – I was looking for something uh, sort of like that. So I'm excited to try it out. Okay, great. And assuming that he doesn't come up on stage, do you want to go ahead and remind everybody what you work on and plug anything before we head out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, I want to... Oh, uh, we do have a request. Oh, uh, great. Uh, so David is coming up on stage. Uh, so I wanted to, I guess, say that for next week, uh, we should probably discuss... Uh, we should discuss the Flutter Games competition a bit and uh, some of the steps that the Flutter team is taking there. Uh, I have a lot of questions and I don't know what's, I don't really know what's going on there. So okay, uh, I'd love to uh, learn more. Yeah, let's, why don't we invite, so there are some pretty well-known people in the community who have worked on Flame or built things with Flame. Why don't we invite some of them, see if they want to show up. We can also reach out and invite a PM or two from the Flutter team in case they want to drop by. And let's make next week all about Flutter games. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds great. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's all do right. it. And uh, David is now up on stage. David, would you like to jump in? You have the floor. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I just, I've always felt like um, uh, Flutter is such a great platform for building language learning things because it has. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, it has a great uh, multilingual uh, speech recognition library that seems to be pretty well built out. Um, and it's got uh, speech uh, synthesis as well. Um, yeah, so I've been trying to figure out a way to uh, decrease the amount of effort required to study and increase the rewards that you get from studying. Um, and I'm still sort of in the process. This app, I think, um, is good, but... I think a lot of people think of studying as a chore, so I might have to pivot a bit. I might have to build another app that uses this flashcard system as a, as an engine or something. Maybe build a game on top of it, like an RPG. Um, but uh, yeah, Flutter has uh, sort of opened a bunch of doors to build lots of interesting language learning apps, I think. It's quite interesting.
you know, you mentioned an RPG, which just made me think, like, imagine that you're running around in like a Zelda or Pokemon style world, but everyone you talk to only speaks to you in the language that you're trying to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Um, that might be something that's possible. Um, I'm just starting to work with Flame and uh, some uh, state management packages to see which one is sort of right for that think block. Um, because I've only been sort of working with a uh, uh, provider up until recently. And most of my career has just been in JavaScript. So, <laughs> you know, uh, state management is, um, it seems a little bit more complicated than just uh, adding a number to an integer sort of. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's, so I'm looking into Flame and I'm looking into uh, Bonfire, which is another library built on top of Flame. And uh, yeah, it's like a lot of interesting things happening. Great. Well, so on the gaming side, you know, hopefully you'll come by next week and at least listen in to whatever we're able to chat about. But also, you know, feel free to come back and, and come on stage next week and talk about some of what you're doing if we happen to have people on stage that might be able to help. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I hope to be around that. Great. All right, well, thanks, David. We appreciate you coming up and talking about that. Ray, did you have any other uh, uh, action items or do you want to do your final plugs? Now, let me plug Codelessly. So Codelessly is a Flutter, a visual Flutter uh, app and website builder. And we're uh, rolling out our cloud UI product and we're building demos of how you can use it to dynamically create promo carousels, dynamic paywalls, et cetera. Um, so you can embed codelessly into your app and then use it to uh, just run your marketing. And we're building out a complete you know, marketing solution for mobile apps and apps you know, built using Flutter. Um, and it also uh, does, uh, it's a visual builder uh, so you can import your designs from Figma into Codelessly and save a lot of hours of development work. Um, just build your UI via drag and drop, and then you can just copy the code um, into uh, your project or just use um, our SDK as well. Uh, so you can check it out at codelessly.com or via the link in my bio. All right, great. Thanks, Ray. Uh, and as a reminder for everyone, my name is Matt Carroll. As a former member on the Flutter team, these days I provide uh, contract development, consulting, education, corporate training, all these kinds of things. For those of you that might want my help on a proprietary basis, I offer proprietary development services at superdeclarative.com. I also run the Flutter Bounty Hunters, which is a remote team of developers where we work exclusively on open source Flutter and Dart packages. Companies that need infrastructure tools come to us. They split costs on shared requirements. And whatever we build, we share in the open for the entire community to use so that we don't keep reinventing the wheel. You can learn more about that at flutterbountyhunters.com. And we did mention, we mentioned a number of companies today that, that use our flagship project. Our flagship project is called Super Editor. It's primarily funded by Superlist. It's also funded by Clearful, Reflection, Bringing Fire, and Turtle. All of those are companies that use it and have helped support some of the features. Hillel also mentioned that they use it over at Invoice Ninja. So this is kind of an example about how we can build open source packages that solve problems for a lot of different companies building things with Flutter so that what you build with Flutter, you can spend your time focused on you know, what your users really need and want. This has been Flutter Spaces for January 10th, 2024. 
Uh, we expect to be back here one week from now at 12 p.m. Pacific next Wednesday to talk about all things Flutter Gaming. Have a good